Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Nate Gatter back with you in for Matt Pauley tonight on Graybar Sports Open Line. It's hour two on this Wednesday evening. Ethan Hannaford is running the show in our downtown studio. We'll have one more addition on our Quiver River Electric guest line. Dale Shilley will join us to talk St. Louis City at 735. Everything you missed from that first hour, NFL talk, some Cardinals, and, uh, of course, visits with uh, Chip Carey, the television voice of the Redbirds on Valley Sports Midwest as well as Russell Baxter, the fan-sided NFL writer, available on the free Odyssey app where you can listen not only to uh, whatever you missed on the podcast, but also listen streaming live, the free Odyssey app. If you want to get in on the conversation, now's the time to call or text 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also tweet me at Nate Gatter or us at KMOX Sports. Told you uh, we we're going to talk a little bit about what has to be considered the most interesting game on the divisional slate. That's the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Buffalo Bills Sunday night, 530 Central Time. You can hear it here on KMOX. You can hear three NFL playoff games this weekend, both on Saturday on KMOX. That's Houston at Baltimore and Green Bay at San Francisco. And then, of course, on the Chiefs radio network here on KMOX, you can hear the Chiefs and the Bills, who are favored by two and a half points, 5.30 Sunday evening here on KMOX. The third playoff meeting, as mentioned, between Mahomes and Allen. Mahomes and the Chiefs have won the first two, but this will be the first game played in Orchard Park, where, by the way, after weather was such a theme of uh, a number of games last weekend, it'll be a balmy high of 23 degrees on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes will be playing his 16th playoff game of his career, the first time he's ever played a true road game in the postseason. He's played a dozen at Arrowhead and three neutral site Super Bowls. 15 playoff games, never on the road until Sunday in Buffalo. Obviously, some uh, some game management concerns I, I, for Buffalo. I, I like the Bills. I think they win this game probably. But uh, as much as there is to like about them, I, I think those game management concerns, whether it's the turnover issues, which we've seen uh, at times from them this year, including in the regular season finale, that win in Miami that won them the AFC East uh, and Russell Baxter mentioned it. They had those turnover issues. Even when they took care of the ball, then against Pittsburgh this weekend, they still let them back in with what I thought was some odd coaching uh, evident on Sunday. Really the game should have been over 21, nothing Buffalo was up late in the second quarter. They had a second and seven at the Steelers 32 yard line. The bills took back to back downfield shots. They were running the ball. Well, they wanted to run down the clock in the second quarter. The intermediate passing game was working. 
They took back-to-back downfield shots. They came up empty, which meant they settled for a 49-50 yard field goal into the wind on a frigid day. And in the end, Pittsburgh blocked the field goal back into Buffalo territory. It allowed the Steelers to score before halftime and uh, ignited what was a 17-3 run that got them back within a touchdown late in the game before Buffalo went on that fourth-quarter touchdown drive that ultimately sealed it out. I just thought you could feel the nerves in Orchard Park when when the Bills started to to relinquish the lead, when they were making some mistakes, letting Pittsburgh back into the game. You could feel people getting a little bit nervous, uh, Bills fans there. The kicking game, obviously an issue, not only the, the blocked 49-yarder, but also the short field goal missed by Tyler Bass at the at the end of the game on the Bills' last possession. It didn't really matter. They were up by 14 with just a couple of minutes left in the game, but it did technically keep it a two-possession Pittsburgh deficit rather than putting the game fully away at 17, so maybe something else to keep an eye on. I, I think it's a question for both of these quarterbacks about who can take the risks that they're known for and that win their team games without uh, ultimately undermining their team's ability to win uh, by turning the football over. That's going to be the big key. And uh, and handling the weather and handling situation management and, and all of those sorts of things. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was asked on our sister station, 610 uh, Sports Radio in Kansas City, by Carrington Harrison about uh, the weather as a theme in these playoffs. A lot has been made about the weather, obviously, on Saturday. A lot is going to be made about the weather moving forward in Buffalo. What's the hardest part of playing in the cold? Is it more of a physical challenge or a mental challenge? To me, it's mental. Um, you got to have the attitude that you're going to go out there and just play and let everything else kind of just happen. Um, obviously, after the game, you realize how cold it is. But if you can just focus on what the task is at hand um, and not worried about the cold, uh, I think you can get through it. Um, but, uh, I mean, it definitely was cold out there. I'm not going to lie to you all. But uh, at the same time, I'll focus on winning a football game. How hard is it to keep your hands warm? Because it seems like that's your biggest challenge in those scenarios, that your body might feel warm. But obviously, you got to keep your hands warm for everything that you need to do. Yeah, no, um, you got to try to keep your whole, all any part of your skin that's exposed, you want to try to keep warm. Um, that's just the safest way to go about it. Um, and obviously, I, the hands are important for the quarterback position. Um, and so I try to keep the hand warmers going um, when I'm on the bench, on the sideline, keep it keep them within the heaters. Um, but And then when you get out there and play, you just kind of let your adrenaline take over. Right now, we're talking to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick, let's transition to the game against Buffalo. On a scale from 1 to 10, how tired of you are hearing that this is your first road playoff game? Uh, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I mean, you knew it was going to happen at some point, um, and so it'll be a big deal this week. Um, but all you can do is go out there and try to win your first road game, and it's going to be a great challenge for us and a great environment. Um, and I'm excited to, to get to Buffalo and get to experience that game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There was an interview circulating that you did with Nate Burleson where he asked you a question about, is it cool to be the hero at home or be the villain? And you mentioned that you liked being the villain. How excited are you on a personal level to go into Buffalo? The last time you were there was during COVID times. No fans were there. That's certainly not going to be the case on Sunday. How excited are you on a personal level to play in this environment? I'm extremely excited, honestly. I mean, I know it's going to be a hostile environment. Um, they have a great fan base, um, and it'll be packed. And, uh, I, I mean, I've watched on TV, but I get to really experience that fan base in person um, at the stadium in, in Buffalo. Um, but uh, I've always been, I've been a fan of the game. Um, and I think more than anything, I like getting to go to other stadiums and experience that type of stuff and see what the, the stadiums I've watched growing up and those great games, see what it's like and get to play in those environments. And so I know it's going to be hostile. Um, I know they're going to be wanting to win that football game, and I'm sure there will be some trash talking going on. 
Um, but when you look back on it, uh, it would be a great memory to be able to go out there and play in a playoff game in a great environment. I'm going to guess that next week I'm going to ask you this question, and your answer is going to be Buffalo. That was the most hostile environment you've played in. Up until now, what would you say is the most hostile environment that you've played in? Um, I've played in some tough ones. I mean, I played in Seattle on a Sunday night football game my first year starting. That was pretty hostile. Um, anytime you play in Denver on those, those Sunday nights and Monday nights, I mean, they get pretty rowdy up there. Um, and then playing in Baltimore is always a, a great environment. I've played some Monday nights and Sunday nights there. And so um, I've been able to experience a lot of different stadiums. Um, but uh, Buffalo is one that I'm excited to get to. And, and uh, the other one I haven't – I played during COVID, which I would want to play at some point. It's New Orleans uh, with the full stadium. I mean, it's obviously you don't want to play there when you, until you get there and you get that experience. And uh, hopefully you try to get a win. But uh, it's definitely a memory that you'll have forever. What is the biggest challenge playing in one of those hostile road environments? Is it communication with your teammates? What's the hardest thing about playing in those situations? Yeah, you got to be on top of your nonverbal communication. I mean, when you're playing in an environment like Buffalo, it's obviously silent count, but you have to have the, the hand signals and the silent stuff um, that you can be able to trans, uh, uh, really communicate with the guys on the field fastly because it seems like the clock speeds up um, whenever you're on the road. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be a great test for us, a great challenge, um, and we're excited for it. Patrick Mahomes visiting with Carrington Harrison on our Odyssey sister station, 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City, this week. Nate Gatter back with you in for Matt Pauley on Gray Bar Sports Open Line tonight, wrapping up our NFL conversation. Just go ahead and do the picks for the record. Um, I Straight up, I like all the home teams, Baltimore, San Francisco, Detroit, and Buffalo. Uh, against the spread, I, I think I'd take Houston plus nine and a half. I, I think uh, San Francisco, Green Bay, I would just stay away from the spread because I don't know what to do with the Packers right now, but <laughs> but I would go with Niners minus nine and a half. Uh, Detroit, I don't know. I, the, we had a texter who said that that's, that's the pick. The, the upset, uh, his upset pick or her upset pick was uh, for the Buccaneers to beat Detroit, like in the defense and Baker Mayfield, uh, the way he's he's been playing. If you want to text or, or call in, it's 314-436-7900 to be part of the conversation. Uh, you know, until then, I think I would have said Detroit. Those are good points. Not going to be easy to get the separation, but I just feel like this Lions offense at home is good, and, and the group that we saw in the first half was closer to to what they really are. So I'd take Detroit uh, minus six, six and a half, whatever it is there, and, and Buffalo minus the two and a half. So I think I, I like all the favorites, um, just Houston to cover. Maybe that's a little bit chalky of me. Um, you know, we don't have any home dogs, you know, this week, which is something I think you always watch out for. And we saw the, the two home underdogs um, who won last week in, in Houston and Tampa, both of them marginal underdogs. Uh, but I, I like those should be a lot of fun. You can hear uh, three out of those four games, both on Saturday and the Chiefs game on Sunday here on KMOX, that Kansas City Buffalo game in particular. A lot of eyeballs, a lot of ears uh, on that game around the country. If you've got some picks, you can text them in. We're going to be transitioning to talk a little uh, slew Billikens basketball in the next segment. Coming off a loss to Dayton last night, they've started 1-3 and three in the A-10, losing record on the season, just a, a plummeting net ranking compared to last year. A, a program that doesn't look expired right now. They're not playing the kind of basketball that has been this the St. Louis trademark uh, over the last decade or so. Where should Travis Ford's job security be right now? What do you think? Should Travis Ford be on a hot seat? 
Should it be a, a lukewarm seat? Should it be nice and cool? Because you've got faith in him with the 20-win the seasons that he's produced for the Billikens over the last half decade. If you were Chris May, would you be looking uh, at resumes? If so, what resumes would you be looking at? We'd love to hear from you. 314-436-7900. You can call or text. Maybe you're encouraged by uh, some of the comebacks they've had. Came back even in a losing effort against Loyola. Came back from 20 down to beat St. Joe's. Lost by only five, a game in which they had a halftime lead on the road against Dayton, by far the best team in the Atlantic 10 so far this year. That was last night. Another big test Friday against VCU. A lot of different opinions you could have, and I, I think you could reasonably support at this point about the Billikens. So would uh, would love to hear yours. Call or text at 314-436-7900. Little St. Louis Billikens talk next on Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Nate Gatter with you in for Matt Pauley. Talking a little bit of slew basketball. We'll be hearing from Dale Shilley in our next segment to uh, talk about St. Louis City and some of the incoming the, uh, additions and outgoing departures on the city roster as they get ready for year two in Major League Soccer. The St. Louis Billikens lost to Dayton last night by five on the road in Southern Ohio. To be fair, the Dayton Flyers are uh, top 20 in the net ranking, which uh, if you haven't followed college basketball closely recently is essentially the new RPI that they've turned to over the last handful of years. Uh, The highest ranked team in the Atlantic 10 conference by some distance, but bearing all that in mind, even that maybe it wasn't a bad loss for the Billikens who led the game at halftime, they're just eight and nine this year, a one and three mark in the Atlantic 10. They've lost four of their last five going back to a defeat on the road against NC state that finished out non-conference play. Their net ranking has dropped from last year. Number 99, not great, but comfortably inside the top third of division one teams to number 222, one spot ahead of LaSalle for the lowest ranking in the Atlantic 10 out of the 15 teams in the league. Where should Travis Ford's job security be right now? If you were Chris May, might you be thinking about who your next coach could be? Obviously, there are a lot of considerations, many of which we don't know because SLU being a private school, we don't have the level of detail on 
Travis Ford's contract. In fact, we have very little information about Travis Ford's contract as compared to, say, Dennis Gates at Missouri, where you can just look up and read his contract in detail online because Missouri is a public school. So we're, we're speculating a little bit more, and Chris May has access to a lot more information that is relevant to what SLU can and can't do, let alone what it should or shouldn't do in this situation. If you have thoughts on uh, Travis Ford and the Billikens this year, love to hear them. 314-436-7900. You can call or text. That's 314-436-7900. The Bills have fallen behind by at least eight points in the first half of their last five straight games, including all four games in the A-10. They trailed by 20 at home against St. Joe's last week before coming back to win. They trailed by 18 against Loyola at home the game before. They came all the way back to tie that game in the second half, ultimately lost by seven. There are some pros to how they've been playing, certainly. I mean, the mental toughness of those comebacks alone and the way they hung around against Dayton, they have shown mental toughness and resiliency within games. They've also shot the three-pointer really well, better than 38% this season. They shot over 50% against St. Joe's in that comeback to win. The cons, though, are basically everything else, specifically their defensive intensity, has not been, in my opinion, where it needs to be. They have struggled at times to finish plays with rebounds. The first half against St. Joe's, when they fell behind by 20 points, they could not rebound the basketball. And and even if you do play good defense, they weren't playing very good defense, but even if you do, it really doesn't matter if you can't finish plays with a defensive rebound. You know, that was, and I hate to always go back to it, but I really think it, it has to be the the not the barometer or measuring stick because clearly it was a high point of the program, but the Rick Majerus era early after Chaffetz arena opened uh, back in the late two thousands, that has to be at least the, the aspiration that has to be the considered at the very least the, the pinnacle of the program, what the program can aspire to, because we know the Billikens can get there. They have been there. I mean, February of 2014 SLU was in the top 10 in the coaches poll. That was just under a decade ago. St. Louis was a top 10 team in the entire country. That was uh, the second of two seasons in which Jim Cruz still had the roster, the uh, the late coach Majerus left behind before uh, Cruz pretty much drove the program into the ground over the final couple of years with back-to-back 11-win campaigns. So Travis Ford does deserve credit for having gotten the program back on its feet from where it was at that point, and he did so rather quickly. He's had some bad luck, had a good team in 2020 before COVID shut down the A-10 tournament and a good team a couple of years later, despite losing Javante Perkins to a torn ACL before the season started. But fact of the matter is he's reached one NCAA tournament in his first seven seasons and the level of talent and discipline on this team has declined. The discipline in particular, well, they're both concerning the talent because Travis Ford has always been heralded as a great recruiter. Even if he's not an elite in-game coach, even if he's not an elite game planner, even if his team's, don't always execute at the level that you'd like. They generally have good talent. He can get good players. And he showed that with, with bringing in the likes of Jordan Goodwin and Yuri Collins and Hassan French. There have been talented players on this roster in, in his tenure. But that talent level has declined a little bit. He hasn't been able to replace Yuri Collins, which he was never going to be able to get a point guard of that caliber right away. That's not a realistic expectation, but... C.N. Murphy, who was his only ranked recruit, a three-star, has been okay, but certainly not ready for the limelight as a freshman. Mike Meadows is just not 
up to standard, the transfer point guard. In my opinion, that's that level of talent is just not going to get it done. Uh, if his if his plan is to keep living in the transfer portal, and it seems like Ford's plan might be to keep living in the transfer portal because he only has one player signed for this year's class, so they're they're probably going to need to be transfer portal additions again. And, and pulling Mike Meadows out of the portal just is, is not getting it done right now, and that's why the discipline in some ways is even more concerning to me because a team that doesn't have the talent it did a year ago, two years ago, which that's just how it goes, right? They were never going to have the talent level that they had had in those, in those few seasons with how much they has, has left the building. They, they, that's not a reasonable expectation. What is a reasonable expectation is to do those things. Rick Majerus used to go in the locker room before every game, right on the whiteboard to win, defend and rebound. Slew's defending at times. Okay. They're, but their defense has been inconsistent. Their rebounding has been inconsistent. Too often guys are shutting off, not finishing plays. And, and at some point that accountability does have to fall on the coaching staff. As I mentioned, Slew's a private school. Don't have the details on the contract. Uh, Slew Athletics Director Chris May confirmed last spring that Ford had, at the time he was talking, multiple years remaining on his contract. So we know Ford has at least one season left, uh, one uh, left on his contract after this season, maybe more. And uh, May made that confirmation in the course of telling the Post-Dispatch that Ford would be the Billikens coach, quote, for a long time, which I talked about at the time, actually, on this show back in in March, I think it was, of last year. And I was shocked by that. Unless the answer is, we're paying Travis Ford so much money and his buyout is high enough that we just can't afford to fire him. And so he's got to be the coach for the next few years. It shocked me that after the program had started to decline last year and there was a level of disappointment in how they had finished the season compared to preseason expectations, that Chris May would commit like that. And that's been backed up by the fact that they've taken a bigger step back this season. No outward indication that, that May's mindset has changed, but certainly the program is in a rut. And, and I think the attendance reflects that too. The attendance reflects the attitude that they're getting from this city right now. Average home attendance for SLU, 6,700 a game last year, down to just 5,100 a game this year. Now they're getting into conference play. Maybe that number will go up a little bit, but not if they're losing games at the rate that they have been. And again, part of that reason that SLU has been so steadfast in its commitment to him might be financial because we don't know what that buyout would look like. According to the, the Post-Dispatch's reporting that was based on available tax documents, the most recent of which were from 2021, Ford was at that time the highest paid coach in the Atlantic 10, more than $2.3 million per year. That compares favorably with plenty of high major coaches. He makes more than Greg McDermott at Creighton. He makes more than a handful of Power 5 coaches. His salary is not far off where Dennis Gates's was initially at Missouri before he got a pretty significant raise with a contract extension that he signed uh, after that success he enjoyed right off the bat. Travis Ford is 5-11 and now against Dayton, 2-7 and against VCU with a road date coming up in Richmond against the Rams on Friday night. That'll tip uh, 6 o'clock Central Friday night here on KMOX. Because of that level of investment, SLU's level of investment, both in Ford's salary and the fact that their overall spending in basketball is second highest in the A-10 behind only Dayton. Highest paid coach as of 2021, second highest spending in the A-10 as of 2021, the most recent information that's been reported. The standard is perennial A-10 title contention. Rick Majerus proved that the right coach, one who can not only recruit, but more importantly can develop players, foster buy-in to a system of discipline and commitment, can make SLU a perennial A-10 contender, even a dominant force. I think that's the standard. 
We're not at a place yet to, to be talking about potential replacements, uh, but we might be at that place sooner rather than later. Hopefully they'll turn it around, getting Sincere Parker back, getting healthier. Maybe this team is starting to gel and they have had some better performances, shown some resilience. So maybe they can do that and come on strong down the stretch and uh, and prove that, that Travis Ford still is, is the guy for SLU and that he can get back to at least the 20-win standard and hopefully push SLU to a tournament. But uh, there's been only one in his first seven years and he has only one NCAA tournament win in his 23 years as a Division One head coach. So there's there's a lot of work to do. And I just wonder if that commitment from Chris May and the athletics department is as strong now as they made it seem about a year ago. Dale Shelley will be with us next to talk St. Louis City. That's after the break on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Braveheart Sports Open Line rolls on to this Wednesday night. Nate Catter back with you in for Matt Pauley. Just to wrap up our uh, St. Louis Billikens discussion, got a text from the 314 saying... Ford's future depends on Dr. Chaffetz's patience. He should be nervous. And that's uh, probably not entirely untrue. I don't know about he should be nervous because, again, we just don't really know the financial numbers, the figures that are at play here. But certainly uh, it's always a disconcerting thing, I think, to be a, a coach, particularly the smaller the institution and the more power and influence one particular donor can have. Uh, that's probably just a disconcerting thing to think that uh, your employment might be based on the whims uh, of uh, a very wealthy guy who uh, has uh, a lot of influence and, and a lot of dollars that can dictate what paths are and are not available for the athletics department. If you have any other thoughts on anything we talked about tonight, Cardinals, NFL, SLU basketball, or what we're about to talk about with Dale Schilly, St. Louis City, and the uh, the picture heading into 2024, the second year for them in MLS, you can call or text 314-436-7900. That's 314 314- Four three six seventy nine hundred to uh, have your thoughts, your questions answered, whatever you want to get to. Dale Shilley is with us now on our Quiver River Electric guest line. Dale, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Nate. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a while since we've talked, but we're just about uh, a month away now from City kicking off February 20th at home against Houston Dynamo, the first leg of their uh, two-legged first-round tie against Houston Dynamo in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. With that in mind, uh, we're talking about first the the three additions, all youngsters sort of fit the uh, the Lutz Van Steel mold for the most part. First uh, within MLS, American midfielder Chris Durkin of DC United, 23 years old, he'll be in a U22 initiative roster slot. City gave up defender Caleb Bartlett, winger Jared Stroud, and three hundred thousand dollars in general allocation money to get him. More of a of a true number eight, sort of a box to box kind of guy. People had talked about maybe needing to take some of the pressure off Edward Leuven, allow him to get forward a little bit more, like we saw in the early part of the season, and uh, and orchestrate a bit, take off some of that responsibility that he had to uh, to orchestrate from so deep in the pitch. Let him get a little bit more forward. Do you think this move helps solve that problem? I do. I think it solves two problems. I think one, it helps to add some consistency that we need out of that holding midfield spot. We saw some really great games from Jabulo, uh, and we saw some games where, uh, you know, he couldn't last the, the full 90 or he had some issues along the way. 
and we had to drop players in to help support them. So, you know, to get some consistency out of that position and out of that, that spot on the field is important. And as you said, you know, just solidifying that so you can get Leuven, not necessarily that he has to start higher up the field, although I think that's probably where he ends up, but at least he can feel the freedom to go and the freedom to, to move higher and, and uh, get more involved in the front half of the field. You know, I think the two things that the St. Louis fans don't want to see is Leuven get stuck deep or Leuven get stuck wide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully this helps create a space for him in front of the two sixes and behind the front guys. They made a couple of other high-profile additions. I think easily if you talk to City fans after the season, sure, the midfield would come up wanting to, to find another source of consistent minutes who could take pressure off both of those guys. But really the conversation would have been about the fullbacks as the primary area of need. And we saw two additions. Nicholas Dewar, I believe is how you pronounce his, his name, the left back from FC Michelin, 22-year-old Dane, who uh, City paid a reported 550000 for, and right back Tomas Totland of, from Swedish club BK Hocken, 24 years old, reported transfer fee around half a million dollars for him as well. Uh, do you think that, that those two guys will be well-positioned, especially with being able to come in for training camp and, and be with the club from the get-go this year to plug and play as the starting fullbacks? Well, let's hope so. I, I mean, I think, you know, we all, we all could see that there was a need there and, and uh, coach Bradley was, was playing musical chairs, trying to yeah. find the right combination and, and play guys at the right time to hit them when they were hot and, and trying to pick, you know, how the game was going to get played. If he needed somebody that could get forward, or if he needed somebody that was, um, you know, better on the defending side. Um, so it was a difficult spot that, that Bradley was in. You know, on, on the other side of it, um, when we look at the Sporting Kansas City playoff games, and we look at some of the games that we struggled with at the end of the year, uh, we all knew and, and, and we knew teams were going to come in against us and give us the ball. They were going to sit in a little bit. They were going to allow us to have possession and make us come out and play against them. Uh, and, you know, when you talk about possession and you talk about times when you're on the ball, your outside backs are the two guys that, you know, in theory are going to have the most time on the ball and have to be really good decision makers coming out of the back half of the field. They have to be good passers. So to, to make an upgrade there, to give yourself an opportunity to be better on the ball and better in possession is important. And both teams are coming out of pressing systems. Outside backs can be very influential when it comes to high pressing and, and pressing up against teams. So, should be uh, should be good fits. I think it were you know all three. I think are really good moves. I think it helps the team get better. Now the question is, have we made the same strides that other teams in the conference have made? Yeah, obviously, it's difficult to to know those answers until the season really uh, gets underway. Sometimes that measuring stick is uh, hard to find. Dale Shilley with us on our Quiver River Electric guest line tonight. You hear him on the call at our sister station Y ninety eight for every St. Louis City game. Season will kick off with CONCACAF Champions Cup action February 20th at home at City Park against Houston Dynamo. And then just a few days later, the first league game of the season, February the 24th, City will host Real Salt Lake. Do want to mention, Dale, today, the club have not confirmed it yet, 
But uh, reporting is that Nico Joachini's deal uh, is done pending visas and, and physicals and all those sorts of things that have to go on. But Nico Joachini, City's second or third striker, depending on the point of the season, alongside Joao Klaus and Samuel Adenarin, reportedly headed to Como in Italy, who are third in Serie B, the second division in Italy. They're four points back of league leaders Parma, so making a real promotion push to get back to Serie A. Uh, the fee reportedly $2 million and uh, reportedly could rise as high as $4 million if various add-on terms are met. Obviously, this is the first high-profile departure City have had uh, in the club's history. Joe Keeney was pretty straightforward, especially as such a young guy, about his ambition to get back to Europe and ultimately, I think, to try to play at a Champions League club as he moves into the prime of his career uh, in the next four, five, six years. Uh, pretty good fee city got, how do you think this affects them now with this happening relatively close to the start of the next season? Well, I, I think a couple things. One, I think what a great move for everybody. I mean, as a young player, you have to, you have to be willing to make these moves when the time is right. He's coming off a 10 goal season. Um, his most goals in his career for any, any one year. Um, and so now's the opportunity for him and for the club. The club picked him up off an expansion draft. And if those mm-hmm. numbers are correct, the club didn't have to pay to bring him in, and they made money to, to move him on. Uh, and now those funds can be reinvested. However, leadership decides to reinvest those funds. So, you know, what a great setup from a, a business perspective, from Jalkini's perspective, you know, for his career, an opportunity to get back to Europe, to get to Italy and, and play in a club that has ambitions of, of climbing the ladder and getting promotion. Uh, so he's in a good spot. What does it do for the club? Man, if I'm Sam Adenarin and Caden Glover, I'm really happy right now because the door got opened a little bit. Uh, it's, it's raised both of their values. And to me, it means that Sam Adenarin is looked at in a positive light and that they see a future for Caden Glover. And I think those are, two big moments for those two players that are, that are pushing for, you know, that justification, that, that nod from the club, that, that there's an opportunity for them sitting in front of them. Obviously Klaus is the number one, but now there's opportunity sitting behind them. So I think it's, I think it's an opportunity for, for guys. I think it's a good move for the club. And, and, you know, with the number of attacking players we had playing in that position, uh, Jal Keeney, you know, took the moment to to move on. The club helped them. I, I think it's a win for everybody. To that point, obviously, uh, it, it's a little bit late in the offseason now. If they wanted to bring someone in from Europe, that January transfer window only going to be open for a, a couple of more weeks. And you don't know exactly how long they knew that this Joe Acchini move was really on the table. I mean, the reporting only only came out the last few days. It doesn't mean they didn't know it was percolating for much longer, but this might have been something that came sort of uh, along late is your feeling, and again, they've done so much already to address those those issues, both in central midfield and especially at fullback. I don't think anybody could say they've had anything short of a, of a fantastic offseason, but is your feeling that this probably just means not only a Adenaran in a bigger role, which we would have expected, but Caden Glover getting his real chance with the first team rather than them working hard in the next couple of weeks to try to bring somebody in at the last minute? Well, I think they could still be looking. I don't know that, that anybody believes that Caden Glover is ready to move into the first team. And I think Caden himself would say the most important part for him right now is playing time. So I, I think he's still 
will get his minutes uh, in the second team. Will they come looking for somebody? They could. Um, they could go out and try to find a, a third, but my guess will be that Lutz will sit on what he has, uh, see what the first half of the year brings, and then make some determinations come the summer window. Yeah, I, th- I wonder, I've been wondering about that, if this might be a city compared to last year when we thought, you know, they were a little bit quieter than we expected considering the start, if this might be a St. Louis city this year that are poised for a bigger summer edition should one uh, present itself, exactly. should that be necessary? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And, and particularly when you, there's some unknowns now with the, uh, the, the wing midfield spot or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call the, the tucked-in attacking midfield players. You know, Rasmus Alm coming off a lot of injuries last year, showed some promise, showed a, a terrific work rate. Cilio showed some quality in the attacking side of the game. So there's, there's some quality there. Tomas Ostrock, I think, still has another level in him. Uh, AZL Jackson, we know, has, uh, has an upside that we don't quite know where that's at yet. Yeah. Uh, that can play centrally, that can play wide. Um, so there's some, I think there's some time now that we've got to watch these guys over the course of the first half of the year, assess where we are and see if that's where our next move comes. Dale, we appreciate you. Uh, Looking forward to hearing you on the airwaves regularly again in just a month. I can't wait. Dale Shilley joining us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. You'll hear him as our color analyst on our sister station, Y98, starting when City kick off the new year on February 20th. One more break. Back to wrap it up for you. Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports open line on this Wednesday night. Nate Ganner in for Matt Pauley back with you tomorrow. Talked about the St. Louis Billikens coming off that five point loss against Dayton and uh, facing a big game here on KMOX Friday night, six o'clock tip off central time on the road against VCU in Richmond, trying to avoid falling to one and four and eight, 10 play, maybe signs of life. And a five-point loss with a halftime lead uh, against a really good Dayton team on the road. Maybe that is that sign of life. Talk to Dale Shilley about St. Louis City and uh, the three big additions, Durkin in midfield, Totland and Dewar on the uh, fullback spots. Really have to give Lutz Fantasy a lot of credit for filling the obvious areas of need. They did let Nico Joachini go reportedly today to uh, Italian second-tier Como, pushing for promotion into Serie A. Reported $2 million fee that could rise as high as $4 million with various performance incentives. We talked to Chip Carey. Another congratulations to him on uh, his 2023 Missouri Sportscaster of the Year Award from the National Sports Media Association. Talked to him about uh, a little broadcasting nerd stuff, uh, for me anyway, that I enjoyed hearing about uh, ingratiating yourself with a new market, even if it was a return home and a new clubhouse, getting to know the players and uh, his colleagues and how that translates to the airwaves for uh, viewers and listeners. You can hear that as well as any other interview you missed on the podcast on the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Our last guest on that Quiver River Electric guest line was Russell Baxter of Fansided, who talked about uh, the NFL with us, including that Chiefs game Sunday night, 530 Central Time, when the Chiefs go on the road. Patrick Mahomes' 16th playoff game in his career, the first time ever away from home against the Buffalo Bills. Well, the first time ever in a true road game. He has played three Super Bowls at neutral sites, but the first in a true road atmosphere, and it's going to be a doozy of an atmosphere in Orchard Park against Josh Allen and the Bills. 5.30 kickoff Central Time Sunday here on KMOX. You can also hear both of the Saturday games, Houston at Baltimore and Green Bay at San Francisco on KMOX as well.
Hope you've enjoyed uh, our conversation tonight as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Ethan Hannaford running things here in our St. Louis studios, all of our guests joining us, Nate Gatter saying so long. This has been Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.